Prayer. Prayer is one of the most important parts of our walk with Jesus. But we can pray in a way that doesn't please Jesus, doesn't help us get to know Jesus, and doesn't help us grow in Jesus. We can pray in a way that actually accomplishes all of that. And in this episode of The Bible in Life, we're going to look at really the essence of prayer and how we can pray in a way that pleases God. Hey, greetings, friends. Welcome to uh, this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I hope everything is well with you where you are. And regardless of what your circumstances are or your situation is in life, I hope you're experiencing grace and peace from God through Jesus. For me, I've got a busy week this week. I'm actually uh, spending a few days in California where I'm speaking on a Wednesday night. And then I come back from that, and I've got a party at the house on Friday, and then I'm speaking that following Sunday at a church here locally in town where I live. So got a pretty full week this week, and uh, trust in Jesus to guide me through it. If you think of it, uh, on Wednesday of this week, Wednesday the 26th, maybe think of saying a prayer for me as I, I speak with a church down in California. So let's jump in again to Matthew chapter 6 as we walk our way through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We're in this first major section of Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is highlighting one particular barrier to surpassing righteous, the barrier of keeping up religious appearances, keeping up a good religious reputation, looking good to the religious people in your life, and how that that causes our spirituality to really be nothing more than skin deep, and we we won't change from the inside out. The tree won't become a good tree to use a imagery that Jesus uses later on in his teaching, where his his real desire is for us to, to change from the inside out so that our, our heart set, our mindset, our desires, our wills all conform to his priorities, his values, his loves, and we're shaped like him from the inside out. Well, if we're just paying attention to external religious activity and wanting to look good before the eyes of people, then we don't change deeply from the inside out. So that's the barrier we're in. And Jesus gives several examples from his culture that were very apropos and really still have a lot of meaning and value and power in our culture. The first one was almsgiving or just giving to the needy, the poor, and the temple and all of that. Giving your offering and being generous. We talked about that in last week's episode. This week, the the example Jesus gives is prayer. And And what he's going to tell us, he's going to give actually two different ways we can pray that don't please God and don't change our heart. Did you know that? Did you know that that it's possible to pray in ways that don't please God? It's possible to pray in ways that are not according to the Spirit of Jesus? Well, Jesus notes that for us here in Matthew chapter 6, 5 and following, and he's going to give kind of two scenarios where, or two ways of praying that are not in keeping with surpassing righteousness, don't produce surpassing righteousness, really aren't in keeping with uh, the way Jesus' kingdom actually operates. And the first way he's going to give comes from the Jewish culture of his day. He says this, and when you pray, You're not to be like the hypocrites. We talked about the word hypocrites in our last episode, how that word derived from the world of theater for actors who are pretending to be something they were not. In this case, uh, the, the word hypocrite here now is someone's pretending to be really spiritual and to have this vibrant, active prayer life, and they look like, wow, they really know how to pray, and they're such a religious person. They pray so well, and they have such a great relationship with God, but not really. It's a show. Uh... For, so don't be like the hypocrites when you pray, 
For, he says, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. If you're not familiar with uh, the Jewish culture of Jesus' day, and really even continuing on to this day, the synagogue is the name for the building where Jews would gather and meet. And so they love to stand and pray in their synagogues, and which in the villages around uh, Palestine or Israel, Jesus' day, the synagogue was both the religious gathering place for their worship services, which were held on Saturday, the Sabbath, but they were also kind of oftentimes like the city center, like town square, and the kids would go to school there, and and you would have local rabbis or religious teachers who sort of were responsible for managing and leading services there and even teaching the kids there. And so it was sort of like the religious and cultural center of their villages. And he says they love to stand and pray there in the synagogues and on the street corners where out there in public where everyone's going to notice them in order to be seen by men. And that's his chief concern in this section. This is an example of that concern of people doing their righteous deeds, This, in this case, prayer, to be noticed by people and to be honored by them. And so he says, when you pray, don't be like that. Now, just a couple observations. Notice he says, when you pray. Jesus just assumes that his followers are going to pray. But he also wants to make sure when we pray, we, we pray in a way that is really honoring to God and in keeping with Jesus' goals and his kingdom. And so you don't do it to be noticed by people. You don't do it to be seen by people. Well, what happens if somebody does notice you? Does that mean we should never pray in public? What about on Sunday mornings when the worship leader or the preacher or maybe someone from the congregation uh, offers a prayer in front of the congregation? Are they somehow doing something wrong? Is it is it wrong to be seen by people praying? And the answer to that is no. Jesus' concern is the motive, the heart. Are you doing it to be seen by people? Are you doing it for the purpose of being noticed by them? Are you doing it for the purpose of um, appearing to be super spiritual? Or is your public prayer really an overflow of your private prayer because you really do have a genuine walk with God? Do you do it to be noticed? Do you say certain kinds of words and certain kind of phrases to, to appear to have this vibrant walk and vibrant relationship with God? Or do you actually do it because you're really, really walking with God and you really talk to God? And that's Jesus' concern. And so if you pray out loud in front of people, and if people happen to notice that you're praying, you're not doing anything wrong. It's not like, oh man, that whole prayer was spoiled and now it's all messed up and God's going to be upset with me. That's not Jesus' point. Jesus himself prayed in front of his followers out loud. And they heard him pray so much so that they asked him, could you teach us to pray? Because they heard him pray and they realized, wow, his quality of praying, his way of praying is something more than what we're used to hearing. Uh, you see the apostles in the book of Acts praying out loud in front of people. So praying and having people hear and see is not so much the problem. The problem is the motive. Are you doing it to be noticed by people? So Jesus says, when you pray, don't do it to be noticed by people. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, they, those people who pray that way, they have their reward in full. As we noted last time, they got exactly what they wanted. They prayed 
People heard, people thought good thoughts about them. Wow, they sure are a good prayer. Wow, they sure are spiritual. Wow, they, they have quite the relationship with God. And that's the reward they were seeking. And that's the reward they got. Um, they have their reward in full. But Jesus says in verse 6, But you, you, his follower, you who are being shaped by Jesus and his kingdom, you, when you pray, again, he just assumes we're going to be people of prayer. When you pray, here's what he says. Go into your inner room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will repay you. That your prayer is primarily about your relationship with God. Your prayer is primarily about your walk with God. It's primarily about connecting with God. We're not doing it to be noticed by people. We're not doing it for people to think, wow, we're so spiritual and so holy and so righteous. We're actually doing it to connect with God and to implore God and to seek God. And so we, he says, go into your inner room, someplace in your house that's not necessarily out there in public, um, and shut the door behind you and pray in secret to your Father. It's between you and God. And your Father will notice that. Your Father will hear that prayer. So, the first kind of praying that doesn't please God is when you pray as a showy display. When you pray to be noticed by people as a showy religious display. And you use all sorts of big, fancy, showy religious words. You want people to, to think you're such a good prayer and you're so spiritual, but you're really not. That's the first way to pray that doesn't please God and isn't in keeping with Jesus' kingdom. Now, Jesus gives a second way of praying that doesn't please God and isn't in keeping with his kingdom. And this example comes from the pagan world of his day. Um, not Jews, but Gentiles and those people who um, are seeking gods and pray to false gods in the, in the pagan sort of way. So verse 7, he says this, And when you are praying... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. The word Gentile just is everybody who's not a Jew. And so these are non-Jews in their religious activities. Um, they, he says, use meaningless repetitions. Lots of words, lots of chants, saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again in order to try to get uh, the God's attention. He says, when you pray, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, where you're uh, whipping yourself into a frenzy, you're just chanting the same phrase, you feel like you've got to coerce uh, God to hear what you, you want to say, and so you say the same thing over and over again. Don't do that. He says, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. They think if they just say it over and over again, they chant the same thing, they use lots of words, they go on and on, and they, they just keep going and going. That's how they're going to get God's attention. And so don't pray that way. Um, he says in verse 8, Therefore, don't be like them. That's not how you're supposed to pray. You don't need to do that. Why? Well, Jesus says, because your Father in heaven... God is your loving Father. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He already knows your needs. He is a good Father who cares about you. So 
So he'll listen. And you don't have to strong arm him. You don't have to trick him. You don't have to coerce him. You don't have to manipulate him into doing what you want him to do. You just have to ask because he's your father and he knows your needs. So the first kind of praying that doesn't please God is when it's a showy display, right? Where we're, we're trying to be seen by people. What this really is, is it, it almost is like you, you look at prayer as like a shallow deal where you're trying to manipulate God and get God to do something for you. And, and it's more about uh, this make a deal with God and twist God's arm and go through the right mechanical motions and say the right words. And if you do that, bam, you can convince God to do what you want to do. And it's a very shallow deal with God. What Jesus wants us to do when we pray is actually implied in, in his solution to both these places, right? In verse 6, the solution was, when you pray, go to your inner room, shut the door, talk to your father who's in secret, and he'll see you, he'll hear you, he'll notice you. He's your father and he loves you. Verse 8, don't be like them. Why? Because your father knows what you need. Do you hear the repetition of, your, of the phrase, your father, your father? That's what, what Jesus is teaching us here is instead of making your prayers this showy display or this shallow deal where it's all about being noticed, being heard, and trying to twist God's arm, understand who God is. That God is a compassionate, gracious, merciful Father who knows your needs and who loves you and who pays attention to you, who will hear you, who will see you. He will take notice of you that the kind of praying that really pleases God, the kind of praying Jesus himself did, and the kind of praying he wants to teach us in his kingdom, the kind of praying that actually imparts to us surpassing righteousness, is when we genuinely and honestly relate to God as our Father. Prayer is not about manipulating people into believing we're more spiritual than we are or manipulating God into doing what we want. Prayer is a means of relating to our Father who's in heaven, who loves us, sees us, and knows our needs. And so what Jesus is calling us to here in this section of the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus is calling us to be a person of prayer through and through, from the inside out. Not just trying to look like it on Sundays or trying to look like it in our, our, our small group meetings, but we're a person of prayer through and through who knows we have a good, loving, uh, caring Father and we relate to Him through prayer. And so really, the essence of prayer prayer is relationship, a loving relationship between you and your heavenly father. In fact, a sort of mystical writer from uh, several centuries ago who had some good things to say about prayer, but I really like this particular one. She said this, she said, uh, this way of prayer, this simple relationship to your Lord is perfectly suited for everyone. It's just as suited for the uneducated and the ignorant as it is for the well-educated. This prayer, this experience which begins so simply, has as its end a total abandoned love to the Lord. Really, to pray, only one thing is required. Love. Love. That prayer is primarily about a love for your Heavenly Father and His love for you, and you relate genuinely to Him through prayer. 
and you open yourself up to him, you share your needs with him, you share your life with him, you're a person of prayer through and through from the inside out because God loves you, and in response, you love him. That's what we're after. And so we pray. We pray regularly. We pray humbly. We pray honestly. Um, We pray to God as a real person, our Father in heaven, a real person who has his own priorities, his own um, agenda, his own values, a person who's warm, gracious, and friendly, right? We pray to a real person. It's not mechanical. It's not like if we go through the right incantation and say the right words, it's not like putting money in a vending machine and bam, we'll automatically get out of the vending machine what we want. No, we're talking to a real person. And we relate to that person through prayer. So in a real practical way, Plan to spend time with your father through prayer. Personally, uh, I think it's really important to have both planned times of prayer and then unplanned, spontaneous times of prayer. And for me, those planned times of prayer are best done sort of as an interaction where I, I read a text of scripture and I pray about what I'm reading and that way God and I are having a conversation. His word speaks to me, and then I take what his word has said, and I mull it over, and I ponder, and I reflect on it, and then I pray it back to him. And so my reading of scripture really becomes a kind of prayer experience as God and I uh, talk through scripture together. And if you want to know more about that, you can actually uh, check out my, my website. I've got a free little mini course on there. Um, down on the home page, there's actually a place where you can just sign up. I'll send you a link and you can check out this free little mini course where I talk about the, the keys to consistency, to, to reading your Bible and praying consistently. And then I give a model for how to pray through a text of Scripture and really make your reading of Scripture a, a, an experience of prayer because it's more about connecting with God as your Father. So you can check that out on my website, johnwhitaker.net, and you can get more information there. But ultimately, what we're saying is our prayer is primarily about uh, our walk with God. And if people do happen to hear or do happen to see or there's occasions for us to pray publicly, it should grow out of that because we're not really concerned with people just thinking we're a prayerful person. We're not really concerned with people thinking we're super spiritual. We really want to be that way where we're honestly seeking God and we want to know him and we're more concerned about his opinion of us than what people think of us. And so we're a person of prayer through and through, not just on Sundays, not just in our Bible studies or our small groups, that we're a person of prayer Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day we walk with God, we talk with God, and we live a with God life. That's what Jesus wants for us, and that's why it's so important that we don't practice prayer as a showy display or some sort of manipulative shallow deal where we're trying to get God to do what we want that we actually connect with our Heavenly Father. All right, once again, thanks for uh, tuning in to The Bible in Life. And uh, as always, if you find this of great value, man, it would mean a lot to me if you just share it with your friends, you'd pass it along, um, and so that together we can can spread uh, this Bible teaching podcast to as many people as we can so that more and more people can just come to, to know God and walk with him through a study of scripture. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. And we'll see you next time on The Bible in Life.